0: everyone and welcome back to the practicology podcast where we are putting theology to work in our everyday lives. Remember the bible belongs not just beside a stack of commentaries but by that pile of dirty dishes as well and we want to help you see the relevance of scripture to your everyday living. My name is Matthew Kane. Joining me shortly will be Mike Knox. Uh, First, I just want to remind you to uh, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Give us a good rating if you enjoy the podcast. That just helps other people to see it as well. Uh, You can find the podcast at PracticologyPodcast.com or wherever you normally get your podcasts. This episode is being sent to you on Sunday evening of Easter. That's how Martin Luther referred to this time of year. He said in his translation of 1 Corinthians 5 that Christ is our Easter lamb, or our Passover lamb. And so this is Easter Sunday, and we've got a special Easter message for you this time, don't we,
1: Mike? That's right. Happy Resurrection Day, Matthew, and, and to everyone else who's listening. And maybe you're actually listening to this on Sunday other than April 4th, but no worries, because every day is Resurrection Day for those who have trusted in Christ. But That doesn't make resurrection an easy word to spell. I remember in grade 8, the principal at my school tested us, actually, to see if we knew how to spell it. It was a public school, but he had a fear of God and things were different back then. I must be getting old. I'm starting to talk like you, Matthew. Anyways, do you want me to put you on the spot and ask you how to spell it?
0: You better not, Mike. The word didn't appear on my spelling list in grade eight or in any other spelling list. I don't think that I had in school, but why don't you go ahead and make it clear how we are to spell that word?
1: What I'm more interested in is what resurrection spells for us. Uh, There's a very easy way to spell it. It's this, H-O-P-E. Hope. The resurrection spells hope for everyone who's a believer in Jesus Christ.
0: I like the sound of that, Mike. Our world needs hope right now, that's for sure. The church needs hope. I need hope as well. So spell that out a little bit more for us, please.
1: All right, here we go. Dear believer listening right now, I want to speak directly to you. Not going to teach you anything you don't already know, but as you hear this reminder of truth in this episode, um, truth that you already know, Just let it wash over your soul and fill you with hope. First, the resurrection of Christ spells hope for you, for you personally. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep, and so on. That's the first thing to know. This thing's historical and factual. But Paul goes on in the chapter and says that, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. So Christ rose again, it happened, and he's the firstfruits, meaning this, The Lord Jesus is rising again means you too will rise again. What could be more practical than this? Resurrection spells hope because the fact that Jesus rose again on the third day means you're going to rise again one day too in your glorified, transformed body. This changes everything. I know of a local church near here where uh, they have a bit of a saying that goes something like this, the empty grave is bigger than my bad day. So... When we have a bad day, we just need to remember that empty grave is is far bigger than it. It can swallow up our bad days. For our friends who have not yet believed, death spells the end. And this really pressurizes the present life because this life becomes their one and only shot at happiness and fulfillment. But for the Christian, the pressure is off. Are the years slipping away for you and your marriage is still unfulfilling or non-existent? That's a heavy burden for many. But I think about the games I used to play on Super Nintendo. Um, When I had 20 lives left in the game, I could take risks and play with no pressure. But when I only had one life left, the pressure was on. I only had one chance left. And Christians can go through life knowing that even if they don't find the partner, the career, the life free of difficulty that they hunger for in this life, eternal and infinite joy and satisfaction await us on the other side of our resurrection it's like we're playing with a billion trillion lives. Well, second, the resurrection of Christ spells hope not only for you, but for your loved ones. Uh, Death's cold shadow has crossed my path more than once, but probably not nearly in as painful ways as for many people listening right now. I do remember a time four years ago, this time of year actually, when our youngest daughter was two then and we had a youth outreach in our backyard and she just wandered off. Next time I saw her, she was being handed over to me by a stranger who had pulled her out of a drainage ditch and wrapped her in a coat. And I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, you're lucky, man. We we were stunned. A year earlier in our area, another couple had lost their two-year-old to a creek. And to use the words of the stranger, they weren't so lucky. The next day, I had the house to myself. And I remember lying down, face down in the presence of God, just thanking him that I wasn't planning my daughter's funeral that morning. And I remember crying to him, Lord, if you had taken her, I'd just be banking on the resurrection right now. I'd have nothing left, but just to bank on the resurrection. And so the resurrection spells hope for our loved ones in Christ, because they will rise again. The years lost and bitterly mourned, the years lost of fingering her little golden curls, of hearing the little boy's feet, of feeling those snuggles, those years are not ultimately lost. Mums and dads will see their children again. Children will see their parents and grandparents again. Can anything be more wonderfully assuring and comforting than that? To borrow language that others have used long before me, this world is a massive graveyard, sea and land. The dead have been buried all around this globe, but the resurrection means this. This world is no longer a graveyard, it's become a garden. Those bodies buried are now seeds that will one day sprout new life life better and more glorious than the life that was planted. How so? Because the gardener himself has become like a seed and has died and been buried and has come back to life. Again, First Corinthians 15, Paul says, So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. So there's hope in the future for the bodies of our loved ones. But there's hope right now for their souls today. Remember what our Lord says to the little children. He says, let the little children come to me. And a children's author, Andy Wilson, he's a favorite author of our kids, points out that that's what Jesus is saying when a little one dies. He's saying to the child, come to me, little child. He's invited their little spirit to come to him. And when they have finished tending the garden with him, they will be reunited with their glorified bodies at the resurrection.
0: Wow, Mike, you've you've taken this in a a more emotionally heavy uh, area than I expected. I've enjoyed it. It's helpful. It tugs at our heartstrings, but it's it's real and it's relevant, and it makes us do some good thinking, and it makes us thankful uh, that the reality of the resurrection is up to this task of meeting our needs. Um, I've been reading just a little while ago and studying in First Peter one. The Apostle Peter's words, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. That's precious. And we hold on to that and appreciate it. So, Mike, we've got broken, lowly bodies, as you've mentioned we're in a, a broken, lowly world as well. There's there's a lot of injustice and suffering in the world at large. How does the resurrection give hope for more than just my own personal future or the future of our believing loved ones? What does the resurrection mean in our thirst for justice?
1: Yeah, well, uh, thirdly, Matthew, the, the resurrection of Christ spells hope for justice. And very often we can buy into the stereotype maybe that the world has it that the gospel is just this very small and tiny thing to do with individuals and where they end up after they die. Of course, that's not very small and tiny at all, but but it actually does tackle the biggest issues in our world, including what you referred to as our thirst for justice. And I'll just touch on on this and maybe the next point here very quickly. But Paul stands up at Mars Hill there in, in Acts 17 and and says, the times of ignorance got overlooked, But now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. How do we know? How do we know that God has a day circled on his calendar in which he will bring justice to the world? Well, Paul finishes his sentence. He says, and of this, he has given assurance to all by raising this man, this judge from the dead. So so there is uh, hope. The resurrection of Christ spells hope for justice. Our thirst for justice, which is a God-given thirst, will be satisfied one day. And uh, just coming to the next one quickly. Fourth, the resurrection of Christ spells hope for this world, um, as in creation itself. See what a big thing this gospel is. And and I won't take time to to read uh, the passages that talk about this, but in Romans 8, you can read verses eighteen to twenty-five, and uh, where where Paul clearly clearly teaches about the the hope that awaits creation. Right now, creation is groaning, but it's looking forward to that day when the sons of God are revealed, and uh, it's as if it's as if what began in Christ's resurrection will be pushed and expanded and, and applied into the creation itself one day even nature, even the creation around us will experience the resurrection power of Christ and be renewed. Amen. And I I love that you've brought us to that renewed
0: creation. I'm looking forward to the kingdom so much, Mike, and this is what resurrection hope provides for us. So resurrection, the scope of the resurrection is massive. You've made that clear. Let's, Let's bring it back to today again, though, Mike, as we wind things up here for this episode. Give me more now about the resurrection and how it's giving me hope in my life today.
1: Sure, sure. So, uh, if I can recap, I think I think we've covered four points. The resurrection of Christ spells hope for you, for your loved ones, uh, for for justice, and and for creation, for the world. But just finally, the resurrection of Christ spells hope for today. For today, I've I've missed the most obvious and most wonderful benefit of the resurrection so far. The resurrection very simply means that Jesus is alive today. The tomb is empty. He has risen. He reigns in heaven for us. We are in him, seated in him, totally secure. And we have a Savior and Lord who is alive. We can know him, experience him, commune with him, love him, and be loved by him. Christianity, therefore, is not a static thing, but a dynamic relationship with Jesus Christ. As Paul says in Philippians three, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Earlier in that chapter, Paul speaks of the surpassing worth of personal acquaintance with Christ Jesus, my Lord, and all this is possible. This, This is the very heart of Christianity, which is a close relationship to the Lord Jesus. It's all as a result of the truth and reality of Christ's resurrection. So let's rinse off any cynicism that that may have come over our souls during these days we're living in. Let's rinse it off with the reality of the resurrection. Melt down your down day. Be be a little more calm. Let fear and despair and doubts be uh, uh, supplanted by this wonderful hope. The empty grave is better than our bad day.
0: Mike, you are getting a little bit more excited there than I'm accustomed to hearing from you. I like that. This is something worth getting excited about. Uh, this is valuable truth for everyday living. So thanks so much, Mike, for those words. Some of you listening, may, maybe you're sitting there saying, well, I still don't know how to spell resurrection, but you know now what resurrection spells. It spells hope. Think of this lovely prayer uh, from Romans chapter 15, the prayer of the Apostle Paul for the believers in Rome, and the Spirit's desire for us today. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. That's what a resurrected Christ provides for us today. Thanks so much, everyone, for making us a part of your life as we try to help make the Bible part of yours. We hope you tune in again to the next episode, and thanks for listening to us today.
1: Yeah, thanks, everyone. God bless you.